the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Citizen, and welcome back Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. We begin our text today with a story from the Daily Mail. <clears throat> Quote, a Disney executive in charge of content vowed to up the ante on gender politics during an all-hands meeting, promising that at least half of the characters in its production will be LGBTQIA or from racial minorities by the end of the year. General Entertainment President Carrie Burke said during a company-wide Zoom call that Disney must do more to be more inclusive as she vowed that 50% of characters and content would be from those groups. Meanwhile, Disney's diversity and inclusion chief, Vivain, said said that they no longer address theme park visitors as ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, but instead as dreamers and friends. All of this, close quote, all of this in protest of what Florida passed into legislation this week, a bill that prohibits curricular instruction in sexual and gender identity themes to kindergartners, first graders, second graders and third graders. The story would go on to state, quote, Burke choked up during Monday's call, saying the issue hit close to home because of her children. I'm here as the mother of two queer children, actually one transgender child and one pansexual child and also as a leader, she said. During the same all-hands meeting, television animation executive producer Latoya Ravenel gushed about Disney's inclusivity and boasted about adding queerness to shows and productions. Quote, our leadership over there has been so welcoming to my not-so-secret gay agenda, she said. Wherever I could, I was adding queerness. No one would stop me, and no one was trying to stop me. Close quote. I had a big discussion on this with a dear friend this morning, and the question was, will Disney be facing a severe or strong backlash on this? Is this a major miscalculation, an entertainment tyranny of the minority, if you will? And the answer is, I just don't know. Let's start by how fast all of this came to us. I marked the beginning of the use of children in the transgender movement to January of 2017, five years ago. That's when National Geographic dedicated an entire issue to the pictures and depictions of 80 transgender nine-year-olds, nine-year-olds. The cover featured a transgender girl who had been transgender since the age of four, four. The editor-in-chief of National Geographic stated, quote, the portraits of all the children are beautiful. We especially loved the portrait of Avery, strong and proud. We thought that in a glance, she summed up the concept of gender revolution, close quote. This issue was not widely condemned or even lightly condemned or criticized. Indeed, I can attest that some conservative outlets refused to touch it, even when offered. And no, I do not want us to elide over the phraseology of the editor-in-chief of National Geographic. She did use the word you heard me read, revolution. Quite right. And quite ignored. And here we are, five years later, multitudes of children's books aimed at three, four, and five-year-olds, or five-year-olds, aimed at instructing these children in just this direction. And now the largest and most well-known children's education company is on board, too. 
Some revolutions move very fast, especially when the response to it is initiating a shrug from the rest of the community, just as so many did with Fidel Castro, Hugo Chavez, Leon Trotsky, Vladimir Lenin, Mao Zedong, and so many other cultural revolutionaries, all of whom had youth movements. And note, too, how the revolutionaries fight any nascent opposition by creating straw men or engaging in the fallacy of ignoratio elenchi, refuting that which has not been argued. They say we are anti-gay bigots and make this about being in favor of gay rights or not. Has nothing to do with that. None of us are making any arguments about gay rights. The word gay is nowhere in the legislation. We are arguing about sexualizing children, providing inappropriate ideation about gender roles and confusion, and at a certain level, wishing we could just teach our children what we were once taught. Wordsworth put it this way, what we have loved, others will love, and we will teach them how. Instruct them how the mind of man becomes a thousand times more beautiful than the earth on which he dwells. I think our schools are doing that. Now, if I can go back for a moment to the kindergarten teacher in Florida, I played audio from MSNBC on yesterday. He stated, quote, we should be able to have discussions, and that's what we're encouraging in kindergarten. My kids do have questions. They want to know who my partner is in pictures outside of my classroom, and I should be able to speak to them. Asked if he was afraid he wouldn't be allowed to speak of his home life, he said, absolutely. Quote, you are 100% correct. That's what we do as educators. We build relationships with our kids. And in order to build relationships, you talk about your home life. You talk about what you do on the weekends. Close quote. There's a lot to think about here. First, notice twice he called his students my kids or our kids. And that can be innocent enough of an expression in a great many circumstances, but not here. He believes they are his kids, just as the former governor of Virginia and chairman of the Democratic National Committee said parents should not be telling schools what they should teach. Just as Karl Marx wrote of social education as the means by which to vanish the Western notion of the family. Social education, the schools. The battlefront has always been there. The ground of the revolution National Geographic speaks of. And if not the schools, at least it's the children. As one retired young teacher wrote in response to the Florida kindergarten teacher, quote, why are you so eager to discuss your private life with kids? I taught high school and my bosses discouraged us from talking about our private life with students. Did your teachers talk about their private life with you? When I taught, the school told me not to do that, even about anything I did on breaks or the weekend. And I taught high school English, not little kids, close quote. As I said yesterday, I had several teachers I was pretty close to, considered mentors, mentors who I still quote to this day, elementary and secondary, not talking about college, and about none of them did I know of their spouse or what they did on weekends ever, outside of perhaps them bringing up a book or movie they read or watched as a springboard for classroom discussion and instruction as related to the class. Whence comes this urgency and exigency to start doing it now with five-year-olds? Here's an idea for the teacher afraid, as quoted, 
that when kids have these questions, he's hung up on what he should do. Let me give him a free piece of advice, an idea, and I'll give it to him without even having the benefit of ever taking any professional education courses. Tell the five-year-olds either you don't know or that he or she should talk to his parents about it. The notion of a school or teacher acting in loco parentis in the place of parents did come from the imminence of the progressive era, but important, but it originated for schools for orphans, orphans, no parents at home, no home. It was never meant to replace parents. That's the Fidel Castro notion of life. When Elian Gonzalez, remember him, when Elian Gonzalez was forcefully returned to Cuba at age five, he went on Cuban television to thank his father, Fidel Castro. He was not the son of Fidel Castro. This is all way beyond in loco parentis. It's actually closer to parents patriae, the state as parent of the nation, or State, in our case, as was with Elian Gonzalez and Cuba. If public schools want to continue on this route, I'm guessing in pretty short order, either public schools will minimize or cease to exist, and with a lot less money where they exist than they are continually clamoring for. Or parents will cease to exist. We're in a revolution, after all. That's what we are told. That's what their side tells us. And in revolutions, the parental authority can always be breached when it serves the cause of the state or the revolution. In fact, heroes and parks may be named after and made for children who report on their parents' noncompliance with the revolution, as was famously done in the USSR, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. I just think it's important these days to give the full names of these countries, these entities, lest we whitewash and sanitize what they call themselves and what they were or what we may become. Already court cases here in America are breaching parental decisions about transgender choices of underage children. There is something in common, though, we must note between the kindergarten teacher and the president of Disney who claims a transgendered and pansexual child of her own. What is being foisted here in public schools in children's entertainment is the Marxist concept that the personal is political. That phrase comes out of the radical feminist movement of the late 1960s and early 1970s from an essay in the radical feminist magazine called Notes. The author, Carol Hanisch, there, she writes of her views of psychotherapy, stating this, quote, one of the first things we discover in these groups is that personal problems are political problems. There are no personal solutions. There is only collective action for collective solution, close quote. For those not schooled in the Marxist rhetoric here, let me add to it. The title of this essay, The Personal is Political, came from the editor of the magazine, Marxist radical feminist, her terms, not mine, Shulamit Firestone. Shulamit Firestone was the vanguard of the early 1970s radical feminist movement, and her landmark book was, again, just so you can see the Marxist themes here, her landmark book was titled, quote, The Dialectic of Sex, The Case for Feminist Revolution. There, she writes, quote, the end goal of feminist revolution must be, 
unlike that of the first feminist movement, not just the elimination of male privilege, but of the sex distinction itself. Genital differences between human beings should no longer matter culturally. Close quote. Oh, in a better day and age, people would handle their own issues, psychological, emotional, dysphoric, or dis-anything, as matters for their family to handle. Today, that personal zone is now part of the political need for Marxist actualization, just as terrorism to the Marxist Franz Fanon was the actualization of self when the object of disaffection was the state's politics, not just the culture. Today, we must all be forced to assume every individual grievance or issue as part of societal responsibility, even to the point of revolution when the culture refuses the tyranny of the minority. I have a pansexual child. All of society will now adopt and promote more of that is the case to be made. Starting in young children's books and movies, I have a sex life with my partner. Kindergartners should know about it as a matter of public policy because the personal is political. Disney is revolutionizing sex and gender roles for children. It's been five years since National Geographic started this. Think how far and fast things have moved and come in these past five years. How long do you think it'll take, Disney? And what, if we don't take on the role of the counterculture now, what will our country, our culture, and our children look like in another five years? I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Oh, gosh, I got to read this uh, from listener Terry. Perhaps it's time for a new version of an old Disney favorite. When you wish upon a star makes no difference who you are. Leftist dreams your heart desires may come to you. If your heart is in your dream, no request is too extreme. When you wish upon a star, as dreamers do, like a bolt out of the blue, gender, gender neutral comes to you. Forget the pirate sword or princess dress. Best not to know. Perhaps just guess. When you wish upon a star, your dreams come true, and now Woke Kingdom welcomes you. Well done uh, from Pinocchio, right? Brother Tim is in Peoria. Hello, Tim. Oh, Seth Leeson. How many times in front of your students did you tell them all about your love life with your wife? Well, every single day, only because I was there to violate not to participate. Ah, okay. Okay. You see, yes, I was always going against education as opposed to going with the grain. I'm with you. But I am glad that you mentioned in loco parenting. While just the other day, Seth Leeson, I was in my driveway drinking some iced tea with a couple of friends, because that's what we do in our neighborhood. And we were talking about education when a woman, young lady, new teacher, yelled at me and said, and loco parentis. And I said... Are you kidding me? <laughs> how did so, you know it was a woman? So, how, how do I know it was a woman? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not a biologist. No, you're not. She was with a friend of mine who she's married. Ah, okay. All right. So you had... Yeah, out, yeah okay. And, you had secondary yeah, information. I Got it. I wasn't... Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to get into his okay. life about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you cisgender, non-binary I, yeah, I, I follow you. Okay. I said, in place of the parent, and she said, what? 
(laughs) This is too good. Keep going. This is great. And then she says, um, you know, she says in place of the parent, I go, well, that's, you know, you're right. You know, I'm right. And it doesn't really apply to everybody because, like you said, foster children. In any event, um, I go into, you know, what it all goes, what it all comes down to. And I didn't want to get into all the minutia of this, this, re, this, you know, teachers doing their job as opposed to parents' rights and stuff sure. like that. But I did mention, uh, Vitali or Vital, it will be, uh, Vital when it came to religion. You could teach about, but you can't teach religion. Yeah. And I thought to myself, Oh, Engel versus Vital. I'm with you. Okay. The Engel Supreme Court case. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Yes, sir, I'm yes. following. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm looking at this, right? And I'm thinking it's a foregone conclusion that, that no matter what, at some point, in some way, this whole thing with transgenderism and all that, you know, gay rights and everything, because I, I say love who you love. Yeah. You know, Donald Trump being the most anti-gay president, right. even he said, you love who you love. Right. right. Because he didn't really, he didn't, he didn't give two yanks about it. He put the uh, first gay but, person on his cabinet. Do you know that? You know the first gay cabinet yeah, I, member is not Pete Buttigieg. Uh, Grinnell. Oh, yeah, Richard Grinnell. Grinnell. Okay, yeah. the media oh, would not man, let you God. know that. <laughs> I'll let you know that. Go hey, ahead. Hey, thanks for quizzing me, uh, Leafman. No, and well, Tim, you know, you know it's I payback know time. I this I use I you know. to pay back all these pop quizzes my teachers sprung on me, so go <laughs> ahead. No, you got to keep me. You gotta like keep you go on. to your parents' house right? probably and, you know, okay, go ahead. Yeah. So I'm I'm of the thought that this is it's a foregone conclusion, but if we can control it. So let's apply Vital and say, okay, when it comes to, you know, the gay lifestyle, that you know, it's not it's just your life, it's not a choice and so on and so forth. Let's talk about the about and not preaching the practice of. And let's see where that side goes. Because if they go to the other side that they need to teach all of it, well then we know what their agenda really is and how extreme it is. But if they'll follow the about doctrine as it is prescribed by Tal when it comes to religion, I'm almost okay with it. But at the end of the day, like you said, hey, that's a discussion for your parents. Go home and talk to them about it, and let's have a good day. By the way, Tim, um, thank you for all of this and everything you do and everything you are. That interesting talk about teach the teach teach the you know the universe of the of the issue, teach both sides, yes. if you will teach the controversy, if you will. The left has no right. patience for that when it comes to evolution. You've noticed that, yeah, right? I know. Those people who I say, know. well, let's teach the debate, oh, they have no patience for that any more than they do climate change. Right. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. It's so I, so it'll be into, yeah, I, I like your thought experiment. The, sir, you're a treasure. Thank you, Tim. Hey, thanks, sir. I appreciate it. Bless you. Stay close. Yep. We'll be right back. Sad to report, miserabile dictu, that's a voice that has been silenced. That's the voice of Bruce Willis, whose, uh, I guess, family, friends, and agents today reported um, that he is uh, taking a break from acting due to uh, the condition called aphasia, which affects your ability to speak um, in in varying ways. And uh, hearts and hearts and prayers to... Someone like, uh, well, hearts and prayers to him, of course, Bruce Willis. Uh, Think about these things, people whose professions are reliant on them. I think of Randy Travis. I remember when our friend Michael Medved had throat cancer. You know, there's something additionally 
sad about that sort of thing. And uh, Bruce Willis is someone who, you know, kept us entertained in a good way. Great actor, decent singer there. That was his band. Uh, what did he call himself? Bruno, I think so. Anyway, uh, hearts and prayers to the uh, Bruce Willis family. Sandy is in Glendale. Hello, Sandy. Hi, Seth. Thank you very much for taking my call, sir. Thank you. Um, I'm calling in uh, regards to the... First of all, I want to pay a tribute to you. I know you always start a monologue with your, uh, you know, with the show. So I just wanted to share uh, a wise proverb, which was, be the change you wish to see in the world. Thank you. And uh, I hope this uh, wise proverb hits many, many people uh, in their hearts and their minds, because today I called Biz, uh, Disney Corporation uh, to make a comment about what was uh, being, what was happening. I thought I'd at least put my foot where my uh, mouth is and try to, you know, uh, do something. Or your, or your money in this case. Action. Yeah, you bet. You yeah. bet. Yeah. yeah. Take action. I know because I was watching Donald Duck yesterday. I got it. Okay. And, child, and Donald, well, I'm talking about the classic Disney. Sure. Uh, that, the classic artistic cartoons, not the computerized. Yeah. No, it's fantastic old um, stuff. I love that stuff. Yeah. You, you can't replace that. Nope. I know they have t- tagged uh, Disney's name, but they should, first of all, uh, they should change the name. They, they shouldn't drag Disney's name through the mud. Disney was a very family. I knew more about Disney, I think, than anybody. Pretty conservative child, guy, Walt wanted, Disney, wasn't he? Pretty conservative, as he, I recall. He yeah. was extremely conservative, yeah. and that's yeah. why I pissed off. And, um, you know... His mission was family. Mm-hmm. The first words that would ever come out of his mouth, uh, because when I was young, I wanted to be an artist, and I would sit for hours trying to uh, pause the VCR to try to sketch and, you know, uh, doodle anything that I could catch from the Disney, because it made me so happy. Mm-hmm. And now they're dragging Disney's name through the mud. Mm. And uh, so I decided to call them. This is not the first time I've called them, mind you, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, even before this. Uh, and before this, they wouldn't hang up on me. <laughs> they would. I would leave a message. They would tell me, yes, we can get the message to our corp- corporation. But I had to call you because I had to get my message across. Um, you know, I kept asking for somebody to speak to. They kept giving me an email. Emails can easily be deleted. Emails can easily be lost. I said, no, I want to speak to somebody. And uh, so the guy hung up in my face. Mm-hmm. And uh, I neither swore at him. I neither. I just asked to speak to somebody. Okay. And I think they knew what it was about. And I think I didn't even say what I was calling about. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so it really upset me because, uh, you know, I have stopped watching anything current with Disney. Uh, and I encourage and I implore all patriots out there, please, please, if you have some sense of dignity, please do not endorse these people. I'm and with I you. I don't want to hold you up. Yeah, better, no, thank but, you. But, uh, Thank you, Seth, for giving me the opportunity. No, thank you for doing it. Citizenship requires 
a different kind of actualization in the non-Marxist world. And you're doing it, Sandy. Put your money where it matters. Vote with your feet. And never stop pushing. Push as hard against the age as pushes against you. And they're pushing damn hard right now. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. As we do every Wednesday, we check in with our Robert H. Jackson Fellow in Constitutional Studies, the great lawyer here in town, Brett W. Johnson with the Snell and Wilmer Law Firm. Law firm. Brett, uh, you got some big shoes to fill here today. Already in my first hour, I have had a caller call in to discuss Engel versus Vital from 1962. So, yeah, on their initiative. So, <laughs> in our in our second installment of Constitutional Studies today, Brett, how are you? Yes, sir. Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I wanted to talk to you a little bit today, maybe enlighten the audience a little bit today. We're going to, there's a lot of news uh, about the Office of County Attorney and uh, the uh, race for it. We are going to be voting in, I guess, November, right, in a general election uh, for the Office of County Attorney to fill the uh, exit uh, that was le- the, the exiting uh, Alistair Adele's tenure. County Attorney, we a lot of people know the phrase District Attorney. T- talk to us about what the Office of County Attorney is, what this means, uh, what this vote is about. Give us the overview here, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for having me, Seth. Okay. Um, you know, a county attorney in Arizona is like a district attorney in uh, in some of the other um, states that we just call them a county attorney. But county attorney is also one of the more common ones throughout the country. But but it is synonymous with a, a district attorney in in many respects. Um, however, the larger counties—I mean, I don't want to talk about L.A., et cetera—but they, they those uh, counties may have different different advisors who advise on civil matters versus a district attorney who's normally always considered the top prosecutor right in the criminal field right right, exactly and then here in here in arizona we combined both of those capabilities and the county attorney provides both a a civil and um criminal um legal representation of the county within the state of arizona um so that's that's basically the divide it covers uh, the county attorneys cover a wide gambit of responsibility so you know the water department the waste department um environmental quality throughout the county uh, any any of those civil issues including well taxes as, too right some tax stuff in, i think yeah Including taxes. Right, so when right. the tax assessor wants to come after you and and you're not you're not paying your fair share, yeah. um, the county attorney is the one who will initiate that action yeah. to make sure for the property taxes right. um, context. Right, right, right. Okay. Now, when it comes to the normal crimes we think of, uh, you know, the vi- let's talk about violent crimes for a moment. Uh, violent crimes we think of any anything from homicide to to rape, you name it, uh, the ugliest of stuff and property crimes, I suppose breaking and entering, all that kind of stuff, assaults and batteries, kinds of stuff you see at the Oscars, <laughs> Brad, right. that falls under the purview of county attorney? 
It, in some cases, right, there is, there's dual or even multiple jurisdiction here in Arizona. So um, there are misdemeanors. That, that's like the lower level uh, crimes, uh, such as, you know, you slap a, uh, a commentator, which would probably be a misdemeanor assault. Uh-huh. Um, that, that, would, that could be um, investigated and prosecuted by a city attorney, mm-hmm. which is different, mm-hmm. right? That's a jurisdiction for the city, like city, city of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. However, the county has the dual jurisdiction jurisdiction and the county could also investigate it, bring a misdemeanor or bring a felony charge. A city prosecutor cannot bring a felony charge. Okay. Yeah, and then we have one other layer because you know, add the multiple layers of government that uh, our founders um, found very uh, compelling, and we stole from Britain um, is the the state attorney general, right. who also has some jurisdictions, limited jurisdiction in Arizona over certain actions, and only th- only what is uh, provided by statute. But the, the attorney general does have the ability to uh, to investigate certain certain crimes and take action, or receive referrals from either the city attorney or a county attorney if there's a conflict of interest. One of the things that I have found to be supremely interesting based on, you know, friendships, reading other uh, stories about it, is that the left, uh, funded in large part by uh, the Soros machine, the George Soros machine, they seem to have done a turn recently in spending a lot of money on county attorney races, you know, and, and we used to know of Soros as doing, you know, green energy type of stuff and other issues and getting involved in elections RD generally for the D. They have gotten involved in a lot of county attorney elections lately, and a few organizations are picking up on that, right? A few media organizations are beginning to pick up on that. But he, he, his, his groups are putting a lot of money into the county attorney races, including in Arizona. Uh-huh. And a lot of money. And, and one of the reasons for that, um, it, it's, it's pretty open. Um, when, you, when you want to donate to a senator or, or a presidential campaign, you might literally, through direct contributions or contributions to a political action committee, easily spend 3 or $4 million, and you're one of the lowest donors to that candidate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. However, that $3 million can go towards a lot of different races. Um, and, and that is something that I think the Soros groups have have identified in the past. Um, in addition, uh, at county attorneys, everybody's looking for a higher office, um, are, is a breeding ground for future state attorney generals, future U.S. Congress folks, or senators or governors. And so if you're, if you're getting in there on the ground floor and you're shaping um, this, this politician or this elected leader's perspective on how to govern local, locally in, in a different philosophy, then you're growing that individual up. So it's basically paying seed money um, to, to, for access towards uh, these these other candidates at a, at a lower level. So that's, that's one thing. And the other issue is is that you know uh, this is America, and what we say is, is that the, the local jurisdictions are what's called the laboratory of democracy. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the greatest ideas come out of the city council, and then they trickle on up to the state, and hopefully, eventually, the federal government. So if you're able to have the county attorney who's giving advice on legal issues about a certain program or project that will have a long-game impact on the entire United States, that is a a very good investment from a George Soros who wants to play that long game and obviously has the money to play that long game. We saw it uh, several years ago, um, 2016 in particular, where George Soros targeted 10 prosecutors and sheriffs 
and was successful on nine of them, including knocking off George, uh, um, Sheriff Arpaio mm-hmm. here in Arizona, spent $3 million. Also spent $3 million on the county attorney's race in that case, um, in that election, and, and lost. That was the one that, that George Soros lost, and that was Bill Montgomery, um, who now is on the, the Arizona Supreme Court. So just gives you an example, county attorney, now that individual's up on the Supreme mm-hmm. Court making making uh, um, decisions that impact the whole state and even the nation. Also, Brett, uh, county attorneys obviously – well, I shouldn't say obviously. It's a question. County attorneys have some prosecutorial discretion, I presume, too, what to prosecute, what not to. And if you're George Soros and you think certain crimes shouldn't be prosecuted, that could be an element here, too, couldn't it? <laughs> Definitely. And that's also driving some of the social conversation. You see these kind of amnesty cities and counties around the country that are not prosecuting low-level crimes right. or even major crimes. Right. And that's that's a prosecutorial discretion, which is a doctrine completely recognized based off of resources and whether or not to be able to prove the case. The other one that is important is the county attorney is um, is the one who decides um, whether or not to, to bring capital cases, whether or not to seek the death penalty right. against individuals. Right. So that's another um, major, major consequence there. And finally, I'll just give you one more example of county attorney's power is in regard to wiretaps. And, um, you know, that, that individual has to sign literally the wiretap application uh, uh-uh. um, to make those decisions. So there are wide-ranging implications that one individual has, in this case, Maricopa County, the largest county in the United States. Wow. Brett, that was a great overview, man. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate no it problem. greatly, as does our audience. Brett W. Johnson, partner at Snell & Wilmer, SWLaw.com. Brett, thank you. Godspeed. I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for having me. You betcha. Talk soon. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Portions of which are brought to you by the good people at Balance of Nature, a proprietary blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables in one daily dose of vegetarian capsules. It's 100% natural, whole food nutrition, pure, potent plant power. As I said, 100% natural. Energize yourself, protect your health, feel better the natural way. With Balance of Nature, I take it every day. It's given me great results for three years I've been doing this, and it has kept me well and up and at them for three years. Check them out at balanceofnature.com, their fruits and veggies, balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Hello, David in Peoria. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you, sir? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Uh, I just want to say I love your show. Thank you. Uh, I think it should be syndicated nationwide. <laughs> I mean, you're just very intelligent on your takes on the news, and, and I just love it. You're so, very kind. Thank um, you. But um, this whole, you know, anti-gay legislation, Disney, whatever, I mean, it really is into the – it falls into the how the left um, labels it, you know, just like the they call it the don't say gay bill. Right. When actually it's just saying – we don't want anything sexual taught to our kids right. that young. Right. I, mean, it's, I think I was in sixth or seventh grade when we had sex education because we're going into puberty. Okay. Um, just kind of give you an understanding of, you know, the changes in your body or sure. whatever. Sure. You know, fine. And, and even got Governor DeSantis said that. You know, it's just. Oh, the, the bill obvious. says it's the bill itself is clear. You can start in the fourth grade. The bill actually says that. 
It, yeah. it, it yeah, says that. Sense. A little liberal for me, to be honest with you, but it does say that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. It, it, but, but yet you get these Hollywood types and Ron Perlman and then, you know, whoever saying, you know, DeSantis is a Nazi and everything. So while you open your show, I, I have the ABC 15 app on my phone because I like to keep up on local events, yes, even sir. though I don't watch the news anymore. Yes, sir. Right there on the front page or the front homepage of the, the website, it says, Governor Ducey signs a pair of anti-LGBT bills aimed at trans people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you look at it, and it's not anti-anything. No. It's just you know like who we you, you know who owns ABC, right? I know, I know, and it's it's hard to like get your information. You you really have to sift through. The, the You've made a great Just point. David, you're welcome to call yeah. back. This was a short segment. I apologize. You are more than welcome to call back today. This is a big issue, and I don't mean to give you short shrift. I hope you didn't take it that way, but do call back if you want to. i got a guest coming right up. But, yeah, that's a really important point you're making. You get your news from ABC, you're getting your news from Disney. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com